Radio. Hour number three of the Jim Rome Show. My name is Trent Rush, sitting in for Jim Rome here on this Wednesday. Want to get uh, some of your reaction to what's happened in the sports world today. And there is a lot to react to. 800-636-8686 at Trent Rush Sports. You can find me. Of course, you can send messages to the show as well at Jim Rome. While Jim is uh, hanging out lakeside, a frozen lakeside of Wisconsin today. We're hanging out in beautiful Southern California where I am just scratching my head at the stories we're getting today. What is happening What is happening here in this time? Like, between Christmas and New Year's, you always hear about, like, you know, like when you were in school, it was like, oh, what happened on your your holiday break? And you'd come back and and people would would tell stories. But now, you know, you're working and you get to the point where your office is kind of closed, but not really. It's it's technically open, but no one's showing up anyway. And, you know, you got to make sure that you report your hours missed and, and all of that that comes with everything that that goes in in the HR space, but usually there are some tales that come from wild nights that happen uh, at a holiday party that got away, or maybe knowing you're not going to show up to work the next day, so maybe you had a little too much fun the night before, and a lot of times the stories that come out of that end up being pretty entertaining. Well, here we are on this Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's, and we're hearing about Aaron Gordon now going to miss some time and may end up missing significant time. I don't know because he has reportedly gotten bit by a dog. He's got lacerations on his face, needed 21 stitches because his shooting hand got bit. How does that happen? I mean, you're, the, the, the Nuggets are trying to win the championship. They're trying to go back to back. And now Aaron Gordon dealing with um, an angry dog. I, I don't know how, how that happened. I'm just trying to picture my Labradors and it would just be um, it, it, it would be really not like that. I, I don't think they could hurt anything. They're the, the worst guard dogs in history. If anything else, Aaron Gordon probably feels pretty safe. I mean, his dog probably um, is, is going to protect the house. I give him that. Maybe so much so. We don't know whose dog it is. We don't know what he was doing to, to get into this scuffle with the animal. What incited this? We, there are a lot of questions. We, we need answers. We need answers when it comes to whatever Aaron Gordon had going on with that dog that is now going to have him miss quite a bit of time with the Denver Nuggets because um, he needed 21 stitches. That's insane. But this that that's a story that I'm sure with explanation we'll be able to understand a little bit. Here's a story that makes no sense at all. I, I get it from the Packers side. I get what they're doing in Green Bay. Dare Alexander gets suspended today, a one-game suspension. Now, here's why. For those that were watching on Christmas Eve, you have the Packers at the Carolina Panthers. And all of a sudden, Alexander, who is not a captain, mind you, goes out with the captains to midfield. And he's the one talking to the referees, and they go to the coin toss. He calls tails, which, again, not a captain. Nobody sent him out there. Calls tails, then the refs ask him what do you want to do. He says, well, I want to start on defense, which is you, you don't say that. You say you would like to defer to the second half. 
yeah, you, you, I start on defense. Okay, then then if you're Carolina, you'll okay, great, we'll start on offense. And then we'll also make a decision in the second half to start on offense again and just cost your team a possession. You defer to the second half. You don't just say, I start on defense. How do guys in the NFL not know this? How do you get to the NFL and have not been a captain at any point in your career to where you, you know not to say, everybody knows this. Anybody that's ever played high school football knows this. You don't say, I start on defense. Come on. That's a, a really dumb thing to say. It could cost your team. Well, and, and the Packers feel the same way about that because now it's costing him a game as the two-time Pro Bowler has been suspended. And this is what the, this is what the Pack trying to get into the mix here. I mean, again, under 500, 7 and 8 right now. They ended up winning that game in Carolina. But my goodness, that could have gotten real ugly. And the Packers are unhappy about it. The general manager saying, hey, it's because of the actions prior to the game that led the team to take that step. As an organization, we have an expectation that puts everyone first. I'm going to sit here and say this, though. I don't think him doing that is what got him the suspension. Now, maybe it could have led things that direction because at some point you would think that someone got into him. At some point, between Christmas Eve and today, between Saturday and Wednesday, at some or uh, between Sunday and Wednesday, somebody had to get to Jair Alexander and sit him down and tell him that that's unacceptable. Well, he spoke to the media after the game, and as bad as the actions were before the game, I think made even worse afterwards. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Oh, oh, did they? Oh, did the guys back you up? Oh, they back you up in a way that now they're going to have a pro bowler on the bench? Coming up this week, when you're trying to fight for your life and try to get into a playoff spot, and I know their odds are long, but you struggle against a, a two-win Carolina Panthers team, and all of a sudden, you oh, don't worry, I'm from here, the guys got my back. No, they don't. They're on Sunday Night Football in Minnesota this week. Christmas Eve game. Packers and Vikings. That's a big matchup. And now... You're talking about the guys have your back. They very clearly don't. They very clearly don't have your back. Because if they did, you would not be suspended for a huge game. Again, you're on the outside looking in. But you you look at the, the statistics of this game and the odds and the playoff probability. Like right now, the Packers are sitting at 27% to get in. Again, going on the road to Minnesota, another team that's standing between them and the postseason. If they lose that game and Minnesota wins, the Packers' odds of getting in go down to 1%. They're essentially all but mathematically eliminated. If they win that game, better than 50% at 56 So in many respects... For Green Bay, this is like a playoff game. On the road, Sunday night football in Minnesota, this is a massive, massive game. And that is a drastic step by the Packers. Man, tip your cap to Green Bay. Good for the Packers to do that, to step in. 
I mean, for Jared Alexander to go out there, I mean, it's ridiculous in the first place. Oh, I'm from there? What, what, what was going on? Was he lobbying to be the captain? And they didn't give it to him. So he says, ah, I'm just going to do this on my own and go out there and, and take matters in my own hands. Don't worry, I'm from this area, so that's going to make it okay. Oh, awesome. Cool, man. I'm from Atlanta area. I'm just going to walk on to Augusta. They won't mind. They won't care. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm from the area. It's not a big deal. Come on. I mean, that's as ridiculous as anything I've heard. Can we listen to that postgame one more time? Because I still don't think the pregame action is what got him suspended. I think it's the total lack of remorse which burned him. And, again, this is what he said postgame. So were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. The guys backed me up. Did they? Did all of them back you up to the point where they're going to go march into the general manager's office and say, no, we can't have Jared miss games because I told him it was okay. Any guys doing that right now? No. That's a huge game coming up on Sunday. And for Green Bay now to be without a pro bowler on defense, to, to be in that kind of situation just for being stupid, I mean, they're going up in a matchup. You need someone to, to stop Justin Jefferson and now Jerry Alexander can't do it because he had to run his mouth and just act like a child. Hey, I'm all for having fun. And they won the game, and he probably thought it was all right. And if I think I really believe this. I think if Jerry Alexander would have demonstrated any remorse, like if he would have said postgame to reporters, look, I didn't clear it with coach. I was in the wrong. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. If that's what he says postgame, I think we're having a very different conversation right now. But instead, you have a key piece going up against Justin Jefferson now not going to play on Sunday Night Football in a massive game. That's like a playoff game coming up in Minnesota. Unbelievable. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm going to be watching some college football coming up. I mean, I I know this is a big week in the NFL, and it is. I'm going to be watching NFL games. I I will be watching a lot of college football. This actually ends up being a really good football weekend. Dare I say a great football weekend when you talk about all the New Year's Six Bowl games. I'm very curious to see what's on the field tonight for USC without Caleb Williams. I mean, USC went 7-5 and with him. What are they going to be without him? Malachi Nelson was supposed to be the heir apparent. He's in the portal now. So tonight for USC, again, playing a ranked team, Louisville ranked 16, no Caleb Williams. So you get Miller Moss is going to be the quarterback for the Trojans, for Lincoln Riley's team. is a seven-point dog right now. Marshawn Lloyd, their top rusher, gone. Receivers Mario Williams, Brandon Rice, gone. Tight end Lake McCray, he got hurt this week. On defense, Damani Jackson, and they have a, an All-American in their defense, believe it or not, Keaton Bullock. They're not going to play. Gone, gone. USC has not won a bowl game since Sam Darnold was under center. Clay Helton was the head coach when they won that Rose Bowl. In 2017, they have not won a bowl game since. Now, wait's going to get longer. I mean, the, the, Louisville's missing 11 players themselves for sure after they went to the ACC title game, but that's a good team. And now you're going to have a USC team that's essentially hitting the reset button with Lincoln Riley as their head coach two games in. And there is already a lot of chatter about Lincoln Riley's future. 
And they better turn around fast. Otherwise, that school is going to once again be hitting the reset button and paying a lot of money to do it. This is this ends up being, I think this is a big game for Lincoln Riley. And I have no expectation that USC is going to find a way to win. But if Lincoln Riley at least wins the Holiday Bowl, at least he has a bowl win, and we know that those don't happen. Lincoln, we know we know Lincoln Riley doesn't win bowl games. And now USC doesn't win bowl games. So that all of a sudden becomes a pretty tough matchup there when he's one in four all time in bowl games. So for Lincoln Riley to try to get one on the road, I mean, it, it's not on the road. It's a bowl game, but it feels like it's on the road, even though it's only down the road in San Diego. But you got Louisville coming in. The USC Trojans have to find a way to win this game and, and missing everything. They're missing everything, and they, and they let Malachi Nelson, who was supposed to be the heir apparent, he went to the transfer portal. He, he was going to be the guy to replace Caleb Williams. I also think that when we see all these players missing bowl games, and, and this is becoming an epidemic in college football right now, I think it leads to the greater NIL discussion, which I'd like to have with you, 800-636-8686. I just think that if you're getting paid to play for a team, which essentially guys are, it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter where the money's coming from, whether it's from the school, whether it's from boosters, these collectives. Regardless, these guys are getting paid to play. There has to be some kind of an expectation that comes with that. How do you get to just skip the bowl game? Like, if I'm a booster and I'm contributing to a collective because I want you to play for my team, my school, that I'm an alumni, I'm excited, I, I want to see my team win, I'm going to donate a lot of money to where my team has the best possible team on the field. If all of a sudden you're going to skip, like what other job do any of us have where as soon as you reach a big point in the season, you can be like, ah, you know what, actually I'm going to step aside because I'm already looking at my next one. I'm not going to put my two weeks in. I'm just going to walk out the door. I feel like we don't need NIL reform. We just need NIL form. I mean, what other occupation can you do this? And let's not kid ourselves. I am all for players' rights. I'm all for guys getting theirs. They deserve it. But at what point is there not some kind of expectation that comes with that? Every other job has expectations. And if you're getting paid to play for a team, you got to play the whole season. It's got to be in there. I mean, it's if you're having a contract and, and these signing deals, I mean, you're signing a contract. That's what this is. If, if college football wants to get into the pro sports realm, which is essentially what's happened here, then there are rules that come with that. There aren't right now. It's the Wild West. But at a certain point, there's going to have to be some kind of consequence, whether it be an exit fee. If you've got to pay an exit fee to get out of your contract, and sure, you go to a new school, maybe your new school is going to pick that up. Maybe there is a transfer fee that ends up being part of the equation. And I know the argument. The argument is the athlete is responsible for their success and you're using their name, image, and likeness and the athlete should be compensated appropriately for that. Sure, I'm cool with that. The school also gave them the platform. Like Caleb Williams, if, if he doesn't star at Oklahoma, if he doesn't star at USC, you could say, sure, he could not just star somewhere else, but not necessarily. You still have to get 
the platform. You still have to have the ability to be on that stage. The school did something for you. Now, for a long time, was there a lot of injustice? And, and was that weight very much the opposite direction? Absolutely. I would never fight back on that. But right now, you're seeing players go to the portal with no rules, willy-nilly, whatever they want to do. And no, nobody could stop them. You have recruits committing one way and flipping to the end. I know it's been, been going on for a really long time, but you're getting guys on campus that are bolting. And unless there's some kind of an answer here, whether it be an exit fee, a transfer fee, the school needs something. And even if the next school is the one paying it, but maybe if you're in the next school and you know that you've got to pay a transfer fee, maybe you're not so likely to spend on a guy that probably is going to end up being a backup for you anyways. I just think the whole world in NIL is fascinating. But I, I do know that if I were a booster of a team, that I was, if I was supporting a team and my school was in a bowl game and my best players weren't in that bowl game, when I'm basically paying for them to be on that team, I'm upset about it. And I know a lot of people feel that way. I'm going to get more into this. And again, I want your reaction. You can find me at Trent Rush Sports. Hit up the show at Jim Rome. Give us a phone call, 800-636-8686. Because it is time to answer your Ask the Pros question where you, the clones, get to submit a question at cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Trent Rush, and for Jim Rome, this is the Jim Rome Show. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show. So we're getting some clarity here on the uh, Aaron Gordon dog bite situation. If you haven't heard, he got bit in his right shooting hand. Uh, 21 stitches, got some lacerations on the face. Unbelievable for uh, the Nuggets uh, to have to now deal with Aaron Gordon's going to miss some time. He's going to miss some time, but um, we've, we've been laughing about it. I, it's not, it's serious. Like we shouldn't be laughing about it, probably. And that's what Reservoir Dog had to say. Says Trent regarding the dog bite. Same happened on my family Christmas Day a while back. Come to find out that Christmas Day is number one for dog bites. New peeps in the house, noise, bedlam, dogs that are normally under control can lash out. Yeah, it can happen. It can happen. I still want to know this. I want to know what was surrounding the situation that Aaron Gordon got in to where he got bit in a way that he needed 21 stitches. I mean, that is significant. I mean, I, I hope I hope he dove in there to, like, save a child. Like, I, I hope that's the story. I don't think it is, though. I don't know. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll find out. But he's going to miss some time. He's going to miss some time. But there is, there's been a lot of weird things happening in the NBA. How about John Morant? Um, with the gun charges he's had in his career, celebrates last night by like putting his fingers together like a gun. Like, what are you thinking? Like, John Morant, what are you thinking there? Gosh, I've I've always been like the biggest John Morant supporter because I think this guy is crazy talented. The way he goes up and down the floor, I mean, the the speed, uh, his his ability to get to the basket, I love that. He's it's not just a three and D game with John Morant. I I feel like that's what we get so much in the game of basketball now, not just the NBA, but all across the board. You just get a bunch of guys just chucking threes all the time. Morant gets the basket. He's a fun player to watch. He's a fun player to watch, 
But that was not smart on his part by, by shooting the guns in celebration yesterday. Like, did he do anything like really wrong? No, but know the room, man. Understand the situation a little bit. And then you have just the absolute futility of this disgrace in Detroit where the Detroit Pistons have now lost 27 games in a row. They had a 14-point lead, but before the final horn and before I could hold them accountable, well, the fans were doing plenty of that on their own. Redirected it, and I don't know if they last touched it or not, but that's a big, big loss of possession in that situation. And Johnson goes to the line. Now it's back to a six-point lead. Sell the team, sell the team, sell the team. 27 straight losses. That's never happened before in the same season in NBA history. The Pistons have not won a game since before Halloween. The Diamondbacks, the Arizona Diamondbacks, have a win more recently than the Detroit Pistons. The record for longest ever is 28. That's what the 10-win Sixers did back in that 2015 year. It actually spanned two seasons. So when the Pistons lose tomorrow in Boston, that will match the all-time record. I, do, does like Jalil Okafor and Robert Covington and uh, New Orleans Noel, do they like pop champagne like they're the 72 Dolphins? Is that what's going to happen here? And the, the amazing part of this, too, is that's after winning two of their first three. Like They had a, a loss by one point in Miami. Otherwise, they're 3-0 to start the year. Well, now they're 2-28. and My, how the Monty has fallen. That's the, the biggest shame in all of this, is Monty Williams is in year one of a six-year contract. You, you think, I mean, if you go 2-28 and to start your tenure, I don't know how you keep your job. And they don't have any players. I get it. Cade Cunningham could play. He had 41 last night. I like him. I don't like anybody else. I think they'd struggle in Europe with everybody else. But Monty Williams is not the answer. I mean, you can even go back to his days in Phoenix where he was just, people were fawning over him for some of the comments that he was making where he was pumping up his team and motivating his team. Like, remember this in the finals a couple of years ago when he was talking to DeAndre Hayton? Like, like the media went crazy over this. Here's the deal. One, we're getting back in transition. You don't have Giannis find a man and be a guard. Look at me. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down. That's great. Now go reach that level. Okay? And you can reach it with force. Doesn't have to be stats all the time. Go dominate the game with force. Okay? Because you set a high level for yourself. Go dominate the game with force. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a coach like doing his job. Like people got all excited about that. A coach's job is to go get the most out of their players. And sure, Monty did that. They got to the finals that year. But is that the reason for a six-year, $78 million deal with incentives that get to 100 which that ain't happening? There's no chance of that. I mean, it might have been honest then. It might have been authentic then. It feels phony now for Monty Williams. I mean, it's the largest contract in NBA history he got. Six years, $78 million. I mean, did he get that for being good at pep talks? Like, is that the reason why Monty Williams got that? Because what's he done? Five years in New Orleans, three losing seasons. He made one trip to the finals in Phoenix. Blew a 2-0 lead in the conference semis. The team had the best record in the NBA. And then last year, gets back to Western Conference semis. And that was with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker 
And that was even before Kevin Durant got fed up like he is right now with the lack of talent around him. Got fired after that season. I, I mean, is that were pep talks the reason for that contract? The other part about this, too, is it's letting some other just putrid teams off the hook here. Like the San Antonio Spurs are 4-24. and I mean, at this rate, the Pistons and Spurs would be responsible in terms of winning percentage. Two of the seven worst teams in NBA history. Could happen in the same year. And this is the kicker. You want to take a guess at who the two highest paid coaches are in the NBA? You got it. Monty Williams and Greg Popovich. I can understand Pop. I get I get the Pop thing. Pop had five rings. What has Monty Williams done? I mean, this what's going on in the NBA is is unacceptable. And then we haven't even talked about the Wizards, who only have five wins. Like those are three just absolutely atrocious teams. So you got Aaron Gordon getting bit by dogs. John Morant, who has been suspended multiple times, lengthy suspensions on gun charges, shooting finger pistols up in the air in celebration. You got LeBron already crying about having to be on the road so much, and they haven't even played thirty games. Lakers have, I guess. I guess they have if you count the the ridiculous in season tournament. I mean, when you and then you have just these these horrible teams. I mean, horrible. And when you, when you look at Detroit, I mean, how do you not accidentally win a couple of games? That's the thing. That's the thing for me. How do you not fall into some? But in the NBA, there there is. Too much futility. And it's not just a three-point shooting because there have been a lot of college teams that see the three-point shooting and then they try to follow that in the college game. And the college game at times is bad because of that. You go look. I have a fun game, and you can send me the tweets at Trent Rush Sports. Go find some college basketball box scores when teams go six, seven, eight minutes without scoring. It could actually be pretty entertaining. A lot of nights, when you, especially in non-conference, which I know is pretty much done now, but in non-conference, you get some real gems out there for just really poor play. But I actually think the college game is going to ultimately swing back around again to being pretty good because I think players are going to realize they can make more money being in college than they can playing in a lot of overseas leagues. Like the top leagues in Europe are going to pay more, but the G League won't pay what the NBA or won't pay what college basketball does. You're, the, the middle to lower tiers in Europe are not going to pay what college basketball does. At the, at the power six level, at the higher level, you, you look at the top maybe eight to ten conferences, those teams are all – there's going to be money there. There's going to be money there that's more than what you get overseas, definitely more than G League. So I think they're going to see players stay in college basketball. I think the college game is going to be better because of this. And in the NBA, what I was getting at, though, in the NBA, everybody can shoot threes. Everybody can make threes. They, they don't miss open ones. But you're still, it's still amazing that the Pistons have not caught a team on a bad night or gotten hot or accidentally got one. I mean, they still have Cade Cunningham. I like Cade Cunningham. But they have a 0% chance of beating the Boston Celtics tomorrow. And as I say that, I know that maybe the streak comes to an end. Maybe the Pistons do get one by uh, taking down the best team in the league. Absolutely crazy okay uh we got some emails from uh the fine people at o'reilly auto parts uh from the clones out there that have sent in some ask the pros questions we're going to answer some of those um a little bowl game preview and it's not gonna be having to do with mayonnaise on your screen 
We have actually good bowl games that are coming up now. Like the, the bad ones are behind us. We'll get into some of that. Uh, my man Jack Savage is running the board today, taking care of all the business behind the scenes. He's been awesome. My name is Trent Rush. We'll be right back here. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host Trent Rush on CBS Sports Radio. I mean, honestly, I give the Packers credit. I give the Packers credit for doing a, a tough thing. Jerry Alexander, you need that guy in your secondary. Going up against Jefferson and the Vikings this week, and they are going to be without their two-time Pro Bowler because he was just simply stupid at that game in Charlotte. I mean, what's he thinking? What's he thinking in that game? If you haven't heard, the Packers have suspended Jerry Alexander, not just because he went to the opening coin toss where he was not a captain and decided to act like a captain anyway, except did nothing that a captain should do, except for calling the opening toss, tails, it is tails. He says, we want to play defense, which is incorrect. You want to defer to the second half. He says, I want to play defense. So fortunately, the referees were like, okay, no, is that really what you want to do? And they got that straightened out. And the actual captains cleared that thing up. Otherwise, that would have cost a possession for the Packers that needed that extra possession, won that game 33-30 to get by the two-win Panthers, heading into a monster game this weekend. And that's a monster game coming up on New Year's Eve when you have the Packers going to Minnesota. Basically, the winner of that game has a very good chance to make the playoffs. The loser of that game is essentially out. Like That's what it boils down to. It's in Minnesota. And you would think the Packers would want to be at full strength, but clearly sending a message that they're not going to let one guy's foolish actions be greater than the good of the team. And they are willing to take that hit, which is fascinating. Speaking of that... Uh, the Denver Broncos essentially parting ways with Russell Wilson. I say essentially. They're benching him the last two games. Jarrett Siddham's going to be uh, the new quarterback. What it does is Denver also saves a bunch of money on the back end of this because there's an injury clause and there's guaranteed money on the back end. Long story short, all of that makes it a lot easier to move on from Russell Wilson, and it's not going to cost as much. Like that's that's essentially what the Broncos are doing there. So you got Sean Payton, who never was, you know, Russell Wilson is never going to be Drew Brees. He thought he would be with Sean Payton. It doesn't happen. And you know, Pete Carroll is just laughing. You know, he's laughing in Seattle right now about everything that's going on there. Um, just just wild. It's it's wild what we've seen happen on what's usually like this. You know, Wednesday is in the NFL. Not a ton of news. We got a lot today. We got a lot going on today. You got bowl season coming up. We we got the brutal bowls behind us. You got the Holiday Bowl tonight. USC and Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is one in four in bowl games now without Caleb Williams. Now without. A ton of key players on, on both sides of the ball. Not that there was anything really to lose on defense anyway, but what they did have is, is gone still. They're going to try to beat number 16 Louisville, who's missing 11 players themselves. I mean, everyone's sitting out these bowl games these days. It doesn't mean that there aren't good ones, though. I'm excited uh, for the Alamo Bowl coming up tomorrow. That's going to be number 14 Arizona against number 12 Oklahoma. That's a big game, 30th year 
of that bowl game. There's some tradition to the Alamo Bowl. It's like we got the real bad ones behind us. We're done with like the the avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. We're done with the famous Toastery Bowl. We're done with the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Like the Sun Bowl is a good game. The Alamo Bowl is a good game. And I think it's one of the better consolation prizes in all of college football. When you think about how big of a deal it is in San Antonio and just how key this matchup is, I mean, for Oklahoma, I mean, yeah, there's pride you're playing for, but I don't know that it means all that much for Oklahoma as they're about to bolt to the SEC. It's a huge game for Arizona. I mean, for Jetfish to go from 1-11 in 2021 to the fact that they could be a 10-win team this year, and they're keeping Noah Fafita for next year. I don't know how they're keeping that guy. How did how did USC not come and throw the world at Fafita? Maybe they did. Maybe they did, and he's staying true in Tucson. And he's going to be a, a, a cult hero in the desert if they win this game. It's like it's hard to think of like the Alamo Bowl as like a massive game, but for Arizona it is. It'd be 10 wins. It'd be a bowl win over Oklahoma. You got Fafita coming back. They would be a preseason top 10 team next year. In the Big 12. That's that's what Arizona has at stake. That's why that's a massive bowl game. I like the Sun Bowl. I really do. And it's a good matchup this year. You got number 15, Notre Dame, number 21, Oregon State. That's on Friday. And that's one of those games I think people don't realize how important the history is of these college football bowl games. There's so many participation trophy bowl games nowadays that you forget about the really good ones. And I think the Sun Bowl kind of gets lost in the shuffle. This is a great game. They've been playing it since 1935. I mean, only the Rose Bowl has been played longer. Gigantic part of the El Paso culture. If you ever get a chance, do yourself a favor. Get to El Paso and take in a Sun Bowl. Be a part of the Sun Bowl week. There's a college basketball tournament. That's usually a week before. That's also a part of it. It's an incredible experience. They do such a good job taking care of the players and their families and the coaches. How about the fact that Lee Corso played in this game back in 1955 with Florida State. He didn't coach, played in the game. You know who else was in that backfield? Burt Reynolds was in that backfield. All the way back to 1955 for that. But it's a big moment. I mean, TCU, TCU doesn't become TCU if they don't beat SC with LaDainian Tomlinson in 1998. I mean, TCU would not be what they are if not for that. So that bowl game has some significance. Then you got tonight, you got the Dukes Mayo Bowl. I really couldn't care less about North Carolina and West Virginia. They're both eight and four. I don't care. Texas Bowl tonight. It's gonna. I mean, if Oklahoma State wins, they're a ten win team. Texas A and M thinks every game's a national championship. Big game, I guess, for both. It'd be embarrassing. A and M would take it like as an embarrassing loss if they were to lose, even though Oklahoma State's the better team. So. That, I guess that game is is interesting tonight. But like the Alamo Bowl and the Sun Bowl, like those are real bowls. Those are real bowl games. And, you know, we, we start getting the good stuff now. Like we're behind a lot of the junk and we're getting into a lot of the good stuff here. Um, I don't know how many folks have had a chance to hear about this, but we talked about it a little bit earlier that Joe Kelly's wife, Ashley, got a gift from Shohei Otani, a Porsche, probably a $150,000 car. That she's driving around now. So Shohei signs a seven hundred million dollar deal. Now it's taking care of the players' wives. Yeah, that's a, that's a big time payday right there, and that's just a massive, massive deal for baseball. I mean, the Dodgers spent one point two billion dollars, basically bought a country of fans, but they're going to be good, and they're going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be great. They're going to be good. They're going to be better, and they're certainly 
going to be fascinating. But it kind of led me to think, like, what have others paid for a jersey number? Because Shohei gives that car to Joe Kelly's wife because he needs a number 17. He he wasn't going to play without 17. Well, he gets 17. You go back to 2003. Remember when Tom Glavin went to the Mets? So he wanted number 17, or uh, 47, I mean. And you wouldn't think 47 is a tough number to get, but after six years in Atlanta, um, Joe McEwing actually had that number. Joe McEwing in those 25 career home runs that he had, um, well, McEwing was expecting, a, their family was expecting a baby. All of a sudden, Tom Glavin goes and pays for the baby nursery uh, to be able to get his number. I, I thought that was funny. The, the biggest number that I've seen, Gerald McCoy dropped a quarter of a million dollars on Kyle Love's lap in 2019. You know, after three Pro Bowl seasons in Tampa, he goes to Carolina, and, and Gerald McCoy's wife is the one who was on board. She's like, man, that number is your legacy. You can't give that up, and he didn't. Uh, 2004, another baseball one. Okay, so this, this, one, this, is, this one's kind of crazy. So Roger Clemens, at 41 years old, goes to the Astros. He wanted the number 21. Strohs gave him 22. Of course, that's what he wore with the Yankees, but he wanted 21. Except that number was taken because his buddy Andy Pettit already had 21, to honor Clemens. So I guess however negotiations went, it didn't go the Rockets' way because Rocket wore 22, Pettit wore 21. And we know that Roger Clemens has spent money to get his number before. He gave Carlos Delgado a Rolex back in their Toronto days to get a number there. Um, But uh, whatever the negotiation was, at a certain point, (laughs) Roger Clemens said, you know what, keep your number. I don't care. At some, at some point, there was a breakdown right there, which I, I thought that was um, pretty fun. All right, it is time now to answer the questions that you all have asked, part of the Ask the Pros questions, where you, the clones, get to submit a question at cbssportsradio.com. Ask the Pros, sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Auto parts. Let's get to some of these. How about Phil in San Francisco? Are you an eggnog guy? Yeah, actually, I am. I like eggnog exactly once a year. I like it enough to have it on Christmas and not ever again uh, until next Christmas. I have some leftover. I have like a half of a container. I think I got to just chuck it. Like, I'm not going to drink it. Put a little splash of brandy in there. I like I like my brandy with a little splash of eggnog. I think it's probably a better way uh, to go about that. Uh, Susie in Dallas, what were some of the gifts you bought and received for Christmas? Um, aside from the auto parts from O'Reilly uh, that I received for Christmas, were wonderful. Um, I bought my wife. She, my wife got a new purse, and I think the rest of the Christmas budget all went to my two-year-old. And that was my, my, my two-year-old Lily who got absolutely loaded up. She's just starting to figure out what Christmas is about this year. This is like the first year she was really into opening up the presents. So that was pretty fun. I got some really nice gifts as well. So um, yeah, shout out to uh, Mrs. Rush for hooking it up there. John in New York City asks, if you are a Detroit Pistons fan, at what point do you just got to laugh and cheer for them to break the all-time record for consecutive losses? What do we do? John in New York City. Yeah, absolutely. You lean into that. Like, your team is going to make history. Yeah. Like, like when did you start 
thinking that your team was going to win. Like at, at a certain point, it becomes so much comedy. You want to you want to see them go two and eighty. I, I, is that what you're rooting for? I think if you're a Pistons fan, like if you're going to see your team be awful, why not be historically awful? Um, Ron in Carolina says, "Who are the Pistons of Major League Baseball?" It's the A's, right? It's it's got to be the A's. But the the A's find a way to at least like fall into some. And the A's would also never hire a manager on a six-year, $78 million deal. Like, that would never happen in Oakland. So I, I don't know that there is a true comparison there. The, the Monty Williams deal, that, that's that's in the Jimbo Fisher ranking. I mean, that, that's an atrocious, atrocious contract. Six-year, $78 million, with incentives up to 100 That's my favorite part about that. As if starting his tenure at 2-28 and 28, and 27 straight losses, as if that's in play. They're going to set the record. They're going to set the record. They're going to lose to Boston. So they already have the longest single-season record. They're going to have the longest losing streak of all time when they lose um, tomorrow. Lisa in Denver asks, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, it's, Christian, it's Christmas Vacation by a mile. I like some others. I think the Santa Claus is good. Um, I like Elf. It's Christmas Vacation by miles and miles and miles. I will watch that one in July. It never gets old. I like a lot of vacations. I like the original. Uh, I think Chevy Chase and the original is really good. I think Christmas Vacation's the best. I even think, like, I know, like, like people laugh at Vegas Vacation. I even think that's kind of funny. I like European Vacation. Uh, but Christmas Vacation absolutely uh, is the best one. All right, my name is Trent Rush. I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for hanging out with us the last two days. Brian Weber is going to be replacing me uh, tomorrow and Friday as we're sitting in for Jim Rome this week. Have, big shout-out to my man Jack Savage, who's been awesome, taking care of all the business behind the scenes today. Uh, producer extraordinaire taking care of the board uh, he's been a studio coordinator he's been awesome so shout out to jack thanks to him uh thanks to clones and everyone that participated here in the show today thanks to uh sam monson for joining us along with jason cole earlier to talk some nfl it has been a wild day in the nfl some pretty crazy storylines it's been fun spending this time together you can find me on social media at trent Ross sports would love to connect then until next time thanks for being with us have a very happy new year and we'll be back same time tomorrow brian weber will lead the show here from our studios in southern california see ya